Go ahead and take your Bibles, if you don't mind, turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, if you're a young adult or a teen that uh, was in a couple weeks ago, don't, don't get too excited. <clears throat> we were in that, but uh, we have a completely different message out of it. We studied through that, Acts 27. Um, kind of when I was studying through that, you know, what God kind of laid on my heart was uh, the idea of, of leadership, the idea of leadership, and with God's help, and I tell you, if you can't feel the Holy Spirit in here this morning, there's something wrong, and I just pray that what I do, I pray that I just get out of the way and let Him work, because it is thick in here this morning, and the <clears throat> I may have to be quick, because the pastor looks like a caged lion down there ready to come up here and preach. <laughs> Acts 27, uh, leadership. I, I really thank the pastor for uh, giving me this opportunity. Um, I know that's not easy. Um, but what I'm most thankful for is my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I pray in, in whatever way he decides to use me that... Uh, that I'll yield to that and, and, and fulfill that calling, leading, whatever that is. But this morning we're going to look at leadership. I titled it Leadership 101. The reason I titled it Leadership 101 is I'm a fairly simple person. And, you know, the, any of us took any college classes or anything, you know, when, he, when you get into 312s and the 310s, those are higher education, higher learning. I'm at 101. So we're, we're Leadership 101 this morning, Acts 27. Um, now listen. We are all leaders. We are all leading in some capacity. You know, you don't have to have a title. We're leaders in our family. We're leaders at work. We're leaders at school. We are leaders somewhere. There will always be somebody you're leading, and there's always going to be somebody you're following. So I think this message will, will pertain to every single one of us, no matter the age, no matter occupation, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're from. We are all leaders. So if you don't mind, if you'll take your Bibles and stand, and we'll go ahead and read the main text. This is not exactly put together just like the pastor does it, because I'm Leadership 101, right? Remember that. But we're going to read the, the main text will be Acts 27, chapter 27, verses 20 through 25. We'll read that, but of course we'll have to get through most of the chapter of 27 to understand exactly... Uh, what it is, that, how Paul is leading. Acts chapter 27, verse 20 says, and, we there, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small temp tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Verse 21, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete. And to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning, God. I just want to thank you and praise you for 
for who you are, Lord. Thank you for filling this place up, Lord. Thank you for uh, all the folks that decided to come out, Lord. And I just pray that I wouldn't grieve the Spirit. I wouldn't quench the Spirit. I would just allow you to work through me, Lord. And I just pray that as we, we look through this passage and, and you've, you've taught us here some principles of leadership, Lord, that we would heed to those and, and that we would be changed by it. Not only hear it, not only get ahead of knowledge, but apply it tomorrow, the next day, and the next week, and the next month. And I pray that whatever we do this morning, Lord, will be done for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. Leadership 101. First thing I want to do is, is, is talk about leading itself. The, the word lead, if you really think about it, it's, it's a verb. It shows action, right? Lead, to guide, to conduct, show the method of attaining. So the passage we just read, we can get five or six different principles of how to lead, where, when to lead, where to lead. But before we get into that, we really have to understand exactly the context. If we don't understand where he's at during that passage and what's going on all around him, his, the leadership is not going to mean near as much to us. Okay? When I was in fifth or sixth grade, I was uh, fortunate enough to be the spelling bee champion. Before you start giving all kinds of congratulations... I was a spelling bee champion at the local level, and then the county level, and then I went to the regionals, okay? Well, here's the thing. It could have six, eight syllables. If you told me a word, most of the time I could spell it, okay? Now, follow me here. And, you know, you get into the spelling bee, and you, they, they give you a word, and you, you ask for a sentence, and really you're not even listening to the definition. All you're, you're thinking, okay, how do I spell this? Thing? And you're just buying yourself some time. The bottom line is this, all those words I spelled that I probably couldn't even read, but if you verbally said it to me, I could spell it. Not one of those could I really use in context. Not one of those could I really, it done me no good to spell all those words if I couldn't apply them on a daily basis where I was and use them in context. And I think that's what we do a lot of times with Scripture. We, we, we learn a lot of things and we get a lot of head knowledge, but what we don't do is we don't apply that in context when we go to work, when we go to school, when we're at the gym, when we're at the athletic fields, wherever it might be. So I'm a, I'm a simple man. Leadership 101. I really think that we break this thing down. It's got, we, there's something here for everybody. So the first thing we have to do is, is kind of get through chapter 27, and we're going to hit all the high points until we get to the main text. Okay, So, so follow me, it's, and then we'll get to the application, I promise. Uh, here in the book of Acts, chapter 27 is basically the narrative... Or, or, or the detail of the voyage they took on the ship uh, to Rome. Um, verses 1 through 6, basically, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Paul was accused, first of all, why is he even on the ship? Paul was accused of, of defiling the temple there, and he was brought before the council and the governor and, and King Agrippa. And, and in that process, he appealed unto Caesar. It was his right as a Roman citizen. So the bottom line is he, he's getting ready here in chapter 27 to get on this ship as a prisoner and be shipped to Rome, right? Because he appealed under Caesar. Verses 1 through 6 basically describe Julius the centurion with other prisoners, soldiers and sailors setting sail for Italy. Uh, now you've got to remember, there are sailors, there are soldiers, there's Julius the centurion... There's Paul as a prisoner, there's Aristarchus, a companion, and there's Luke 
a companion who, by the way, is the author of the book of Acts, who, by the way, is where we get the gospel of Luke from. So you got this? So what it says is that all these folks are on the ship, and the reason we're headed to, to, to Italy is because Paul had appealed unto Caesar. Now, by the way, back in Acts 23.11, you don't have to flip there. The night following the Lord stood by him and said, Jesus said this, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now, listen. He's there on a divine appointment. He had no idea how he was going to get there. Jesus already told him, Hey, you're, you're going to testify of me in Rome, but he had no idea how to get there. Now, as far as application for us, hey, we may not, but God has a plan. We're part of the plan. God has a plan, and His will will be done. Okay? We don't know, but God does. God has a plan. Verses 7 through 9 describes the struggles they encountered on their voyage of chapter 27. Hey, and by the way, just so you've you got to get, and get, a, get a mindset, there's 276 people on this ship. This is not a John boat with a trolling motor on Clater Lake. This is a big ship with 276 people on it, um, based on what, what it says in verse 37 of the same chapter in Paul's Companions. Verses 7 through 9 basically describe to us the struggles they encountered on their voyage. And I may just read 7 through 9 there real quickly. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce, and the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon, and hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them, because it was getting late in the year. So, so here's the thing. Look at verse 7, 8, and 9. Sailed slowly, scarce, wind not suffering us. That means not permitting us. That means, uh, verse 8, hardly passing, with difficulty. Uh, verse 9, much time was spent. Selling was now dangerous. Can you see the warnings right there? I mean, there, there's some opposition. There's some grind going on early in this voyage to Rome, to Italy. But look in verse 10. And we'll read this. And Paul, now by the way, he's not a paying passenger. He's not a sailor. He's not a shipmate. What is he? He's a prisoner. He's being transported as a prisoner eventually to die. Verse 10. Verse 9, end of verse 9 says, Paul admonished them. Verse 10, And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt, and much damage, not only of the landing and the ship, but also our lives. Hey, Paul's saying here, look, look guys, I've had some experiences here. This thing's not starting out real well. we got all this op- opposition against us. This thing is going to run off the tracks. It's going to end up with, with some loss of cargo and, and, and possibly even loss of life and some harm to the ship. And he's not saying it just based on a whim. He's had some experiences there. 2 Corinthians, let me flip over there right quick. 2 Corinthians, verses, uh, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, 
in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among the false brethren. Hey, he didn't stand up just on a whim. He stood up based on some life experiences that he had had. Hey, he sees ahead what's coming here. It doesn't look real good, so he's going to go ahead and stand up as a prisoner, not a sailor, not a leader. He doesn't have a title. He stands up and says, hey, this thing's getting out of hand here. I'm telling you, we're going down the wrong track. Now, God will place people in our lives, and He has placed people in my life, and sometimes you may be that person. God's going to put people in your life that's going to say, hey, you may not want to go there. You may not want to do that. You may think about this. Where is this road going to lead you? Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Thank God for people like that. Or we could be that person. So he stands up in verse 10 and says, hey, this thing's getting out of hand here. Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion. Remember the centurion is the head, Julius. He's the leader of the ship there. The centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. He said, look, even based on your experience, I understand what you're saying. I checked with the owner. You know, we, we checked our weather app. We're, we're, we're good to go. I mean, this thing's going to be okay. We're going to continue on, proceed on. They did not heed the warning. And by the way, they almost like took a vote and said the majority. They said the majority. So they kind of checked with some folks right now. Hey, be careful when we are always siding with the majority. Because most of the time, I hate to tell you this, but it's the truth, most of the time we're the minority. And if you find yourself always siding with the majority, you better check up on it. You better check up on it. So the majority said, hey, let's go on. Verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, losing this, they sailed close by Crete. Hey, they kind of let their guard down. They relaxed a little bit. Yeah, we made a good decision. Pat yourself on the back. I think this thing's going to be all right. Let me tell you, as soon as we relax, that's when the storm comes. As soon as we let our guard down, that's when we go haywire. Because the very next verse, in, in, in verse 13... And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, verse 14, but not long after there, after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. Now, Eurocladon was, was, was basically a wind that stirred up the waves, and essentially what there ends is a hurricane. Hey, they, everything was calm and still. They thought they'd made the right decision, and bam, all, all of a sudden they're in a hurricane. And now, again, picture 276 people. This is not the carnival cruise ship. Surfing on deck 16. This is a 276 people with prisoners, sailors, leaders, all transporting cargo and soldiers. Okay? And all of a sudden they're in a hurricane. Eurocladon. And as you read on through uh, verses uh, 15, 15 through 19, basically they're three days into the storm there. And just like Paul said, perceived that it would be in, in, in verse 10, they, they lost some cargo and some tackling of the ship. Which brings us, finally, to verse 20, where we can get some real application. So think about this. They're in the ship, they're basically in a hurricane, they're in a huge storm. It's high stress. It's desperate times. You can place yourself, I mean, you know, look around in the world today. I mean, things are not exactly great, are they? But you know God's in control. 
Greater is He that is in us than He that's in the world. Hey, we got some promises. We know how it ends. If you've accepted Him as Savior, you know how it ends. Verse 20. This brings us to our main text, and we can learn what it really means to lead. When circumstances are detrimental, people look to a leader. Hey, we don't need a title. We need a Savior. Okay? He has no title. He's a prisoner. Remember, he's not a paying customer. Look at verse 20. First, Paul shows us when to lead. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Hey, when to lead? When all hope is taken away. Do you know Paul could have stood up and he could, he, he could have, and I'm sure he did, I'm sure he was witnessing, and yes, we're to be an example, and yes, we should have a good testimony, and, and yes, we should be what we should be outside the, the, in the, uh, outside the church, in the workplace. But I'm going to tell you, when you actively engage in leading, remember it's an action word, when you actively engage, you're going to be most effective when who, those you are leading, all their hope, is lost. You follow me? All hope was taken away. Yes, we're to be solid in our walk. Have a worthy walk like the Bible says. Paul engaged in leadership when morale was at its lowest. Verses 15 through 19, we didn't really get into there and, and explain it, but verses 15 through 19 basically explains how they did what they could mentally, physically to fight the storm. They're trying to survive. They've done everything they could, but in verse 20... All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I'm going to tell you, when you get in that spot, people will perk up and listen. People will perk up and listen at that point when all hope is taken away. He shows us when to lead. Secondly, Paul shows us where to lead. Look at verse 21. But, after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. Now think about this. We always think, me included, we always think that our best opportunity is somewhere else. Do you know he stood up right where he was at? He, he said, there's no better place than this place. He stood up in the midst of them, right where God had placed him. Hey, grow where you're planted, because if we don't grow where you're planted, we can't be transplanted. See what I mean? Grow where you're planted. And, and you've always heard that expression about the septic tank, the grass is always... i got a little expertise on that. I'm going to tell you, that green grass over there, that ain't the tank. That's not the tank. The green field sucks the nutrients up out, makes it look lush and green and all that, and it looks really great. But I'm going to tell you what, you dig down in that, it's ugly. And it stinks. We're always looking elsewhere... When many times the opportunity is right in front of us. So he shows us where to lead, right in the midst of them. He not only shows us when to lead and where to lead, but how to lead. How to. Hey, we need some how to. And this is, I'm going to tell you, this is the, uh, as far as my favorite point, this, this is it. How to lead. Verse 21. Long after, but after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and not have gained this harm and loss. Now listen, remember what he did back in verse 10? He stood up and said, Sirs, this thing's going to derail, it's, it's going to end in damage. Well now he's saying, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. 
How to lead? By speaking the truth. By speaking the truth. Listen, leaders only speak the truth. We can sugarcoat it. We, 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 we can pull the wool over people's eyes. But, but if you want to be a leader, you want, and if you want to be a follower, you want to hear the truth, don't you? The truth. But he didn't get up there and say, I told you so. He, he's speaking the truth to them and saying, hey, hearken unto me, because he's trying to gain their trust. He's saying, look, hey, remember, I told you back in, in, in verse 10 what was going to happen, and there, there was going to be some damage, and there was going to be some casualties, and, and lives lost. Well, well, now there's not going to be lives lost, but you need to listen to me, hearken unto me, because remember what I told you, it came to pass, and I've got something else to tell you. Now, he's trying to gain their trust. But what do we do? Here's what I do. I mean, I struggle with this, I ain't going to lie. We lead by speaking the truth, but here's what we say. You made your bed, now what? Lay in it. Or we say, I told you so. You got what you deserve. And sometimes we'll get real spiritual and we'll say, you reap what you sow. You see the difference? Hey, he, he did not waver on the truth whatsoever. He said, I told you. I told you what was going to happen. You should have listened to me. Should have hearkened unto me. But the reason that he had a motive behind that, the reason was he was about to give them some more truth. So we lead by speaking the truth. We also lead by encouragement. By encouragement. Listen, the pastor had done a lesson here on Barnabas two or three weeks ago, whenever it was, and I'm gonna tell you that was a blessing to me because, you know, I, I haven't that was one of my, you know, you call them resolutions, call them whatever you want to. I need to repent and be an encourager. But anyway. I really fell in the area of encouragement. And I'm going to tell you, Paul right here, 276 people there in the middle of a hurricane, things going south, they can't eat, they're sick, they're seasick, nothing's going right, and he's about to encourage people. First he spoke the truth to him, said you should have listened to me. Look at verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. Hey, the ship's going to be gone, there's going to be some damage to the ship. But everybody here is going to be all right. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Again, he's encouraging in the time, in, in time of desperation. He spoke the truth, and, and now all of a sudden he, he's an encourager to them. Because in adversity, leaders rise up. In adversity, leaders rise up. He not only says, shows us when to lead and where to lead and how to lead by encouraging, and I'm going to steal this quote that uh, the pastor had used, and he stole it from Charles Schwab, so I don't feel too bad. Charles Schwab, a famous businessman, said this, I have yet to find a man, however exalted his station, who did not do better work and put forth greater effort under a spirit of approval than under a spirit of criticism. Hey, that is so true. That is so true. You coach these little kids and stuff, and, and I, I'm not going to lie to them. Some of them are terrible. I mean, they're absolutely terrible. I'm going to find something good they do, and I'm going to encourage them in it. And man, they perk up, and they think they're doing something. I didn't lie to them, but I was encouraging to them. Hey, it's contagious. It's contagious. It really but so is negativity. See? What's Philippians 4.8 say? I can't quote it all, but hey, think on these things. You know, we've got to change the way we think. Um, Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, 
So is He. Hey, we lead by whatever is in us. And whatever is in us eventually will come out. So Paul shows us when to lead, where to lead, how to lead. And most importantly right here, and this is going to be a little tough, hey, discern leading it all. Do you know sometimes people don't want to be led? They don't want your leadership. They don't want my leadership. Sometimes I don't want leadership. Hey, when did he, when did he become a leader? He was speaking the truth and apps. He, he had a worthy walk and he was solid and he was, he was witnessing. But when did he actively engage in leading? When all hope was lost. Hey, when all hope was lost, you will get people's ear. People are more attentive when all hope is lost. We need to be led as we are led by the Holy Spirit, not lead to perform the work of the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're not the Holy Spirit. We just plant the seed. We plant the seed. Romans 2.4 says, The goodness of God leadeth to repentance. 2 Corinthians 17, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Hey, sometimes we don't need to lead. We need to pray about discerning and having discernment of when to lead. Remember, engaging. Leading and being an example or a witness are two different things. When we're leading, we're actively engaging them. When to lead, where to lead, how to lead. And fourthly, why should we lead? Why should we lead? Look at verse 23. For there stood by me, remember he just has got up and encouraged them. And he said, look, there's not going to be any harm to you yourself. The ship's going to be damaged. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God. Here's why you lead. Whose I am and whom I serve. Whose I am and whom I serve. Hey, this is, what, this is why Paul is leading. He belongs to Jesus. And I pray that you do this morning. Because I'm going to tell you, if you belong to Jesus, then we have a responsibility. Whatever's in us, again, is going to come out eventually. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, We've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are whose? Which are God's which are God's, and whom I serve. Worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve, Matthew 4.10. Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians 9.16, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Hey, whose I am and whom I serve. If we truly have accepted Christ as Savior, and you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, we can suppress that for a while. But eventually, it's going to come out. And everybody's going to see that. And we're going to begin to serve because we belong to Him. That's why Paul is leading here. When to lead, where to lead, how to lead. Paul just shows us why to lead. And Paul shows us who to lead here. Verse 24. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Do you know that, that everybody on that ship was spared because of Paul's leadership? Do you know, I, I don't know how many folks were believers, but I would say very, 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 very few were believers. Okay, But all of them were spared because of Paul's leadership. His obedience and his leadership. So what I'm telling you is, right where you are, in verse 25 it says, or verse 24, given all them that sail with thee. 
Hey, wherever you're at, at school, at work, on the job, He's given all them that say, we have a responsibility to everyone around us, I guess is what I'm saying. God's sovereignty does not dismiss our responsibility. Because if you think about this, Paul, he knew, he believed God, he knew they were all going to be saved. He, so, so why did he continue leading? Why did he continue trying? In his sovereignty, Paul knew how it was going to end up. But you can read all the way through the end of the chapter in verse 44 that they escaped all safe to land. He never quit leading. Now, what do we do? We get satisfied in our position in Christ and our practice slips. You follow me? Hey, look at it this way. Athletes sometimes... When they're in a con- what's called a contract year, hey, they play, they work hard, their, eth- their effort is there because they're playing for that next contract. I mean, they-, they lay it all on the line. And say they have a great year and they sign a multi-million dollar contract that says guaranteed money. And when they get that guaranteed money, 95% of the time, the next year, guess what their numbers do? They go down. You know why? Because they got the guaranteed money. They, they, they done fulfilled what they were trying to do. It's guaranteed, so now I ain't got to do anything. I'm going to get paid. And sometimes that's what we do. We got the fire insurance. We know we have a home in heaven. We let down. But despite Paul understanding the sovereignty of God, he didn't quit. He didn't quit leading all the way through verse 44 till they all escaped safe all the land. Mark 16, 16. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hey, when we get every creature, we can let down. Guess when that's going to happen? Never going to happen. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I like what the pastor said. I don't know where he got the quote, but pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on us. That's pretty good right there. Hey, even in God's sovereignty, we know how it ends, but our responsibility says, hey, we've got to get out and get after it. So, this is the most important point of the whole thing right here. Review. Paul has shown us when to lead, where to lead, how to lead, why to lead, who to lead. But most importantly, you can't be, I can't be a good leader unless until what? Until we're a good follower. Until we're a good follower. All that stuff we just talked about, about leading, 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 doesn't matter unless we've became a good follower. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, sirs... Hey, he's about to sum it all up right here. This is why I lead. This is is why I keep on the battlefield. This is why I'm trying to help you all out. This, This is why I'm leading. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. Hey, do you believe God this morning? The reason Paul could lead because he put his faith and trust in the leader of all leaders, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what made him a leader because he became a follower. Follow me? Are you a follower this morning? That word there, believe, in verse 25, means to put your faith or trust in. 
I can't pronounce the Greek word, but I can tell you it's the same one that's used then. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe, not a head knowledge, not intellectually, not like I spelled those words in the spelling bee that I couldn't use in the context of my life that I didn't really understand what they meant. I just knew how to spit them out. That's not what that means. Believe. Heart knowledge. Have you sat down in it? Have you put your faith and trust in what Paul said right here? Be of good cheer, for I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. Hey, do you believe this morning? We all have a sin problem. You say, well, what do I got to believe? Well, first thing we got to believe is that we got a sin problem. Young adults, we've covered that for about three months now, it seems like, in Romans. I mean, there's none righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. Romans 3.10. Hey, we, we're, not, we're not without excuse. The Jew, the Gentile, it doesn't matter where you're at, how rich you are, where you're from, how poor you are. doesn't matter geographically where you live, how old you are, what your occupation is. It doesn't matter. We are all guilty before a holy and righteous God. For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Eternally separated. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 Death there, that's an eternal separation. You're talking about no hope when all hope was lost. Hey, if you die without Christ, if you die without putting your faith and trust in the gospel of the living person of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. All hope is lost. I'm telling you right now, if you're here this morning and all hope is lost for you, that I can be your leader this morning. I want to lead you how you can get that right and get that settled. So what do I need to believe? Hey, you've got to believe you're a sinner. You've got to believe you have no hope. You've got to believe that, that you're, you'll be eternally, if you die without Christ, you'll be eternally separated from God in a place called hell that wasn't even created for us. So how do I get that right? Well, you, you believe you're a sinner. You, you, you also believe that you need a Savior, and that Savior's name is Jesus Christ. And He willingly laid His life down on the cross as a payment for your sin. He took all your sin, my sin, everybody's sin, placed it upon Him and willingly sacrificed His life, died, bled. He was buried and rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 says, First, For I delivered unto you first that which I also received, how that Christ died according to the Scriptures, and was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And if you put your faith and trust in that message, the Gospel, you don't have to worry about being lost anymore. Because not, now not all hope is lost, all hope is saved. And I want to be your leader this morning. Acts 16.31 says this, Believe, same word, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I pray that uh, you become a follower this morning before it's entirely too late. But Christians, what kind of leader are you? Because we're all leading somebody. We're all leading somebody. Do we know when to lead, how to lead, why to lead? Do we discern who we should lead to at what time? I think it's very big because lives are at stake. Okay? Sometimes we can push away. 
Sometimes we can draw two. And we're doing one or the other. So if you're here this morning and you're lost, I pray that you get that settled this morning. And if you're here and you just want to come to the altar and work on your leadership skills, that would be great. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for the stage You've given us. Thank You for Your many blessings, Lord. Thank You for Your message that You gave us this morning, Lord. Challenging message of being a leader, God. I just pray if there's one here this morning that does not know You as Lord and Savior, I pray that they would get that settled so they can become a leader. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we play softly here, let me just ask you a couple questions. Kind of stirred my heart there on. As he said, every one of us are a leader, but you're never going to be a leader or a good leader until you learn, first learn to follow. And the ultimate following is simply this. I love that verse in verse 25. For Paul summed up why he had all of his confidence. And you could almost read the text sometimes and say, well, Paul was arrogant. No, Paul wasn't arrogant. Paul believed God. And there's a big difference. Hey, when we believe God, we got all the promises. Amen. Let me tell you the most important thing you can believe God for. You can believe God to save your soul. He's already preached the gospel to you. He's already told you how Jesus died for you, was buried, rose again. Have you believed God for your salvation? If you haven't, this altar is going to be open. If you'd stand every head bowed and eyes closed let me ask Christians also a question this morning not only have you believed God for salvation if you're saved you have but listen have you believed God for every other situation if we could testify in this room we could go around this room and and I could ask you what's going on in your life that you need to believe God for what is happening in your life what situation what 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 area of your life are you struggling with what, what what do you have coming against you what storm is in your life can I tell you believe God this morning believe him you can believe him and be saved if you're not saved but believing dear saved people he will bring you through the storm that's why Paul had all this confidence that's why Paul could be a bold leader he wasn't trusting his own abilities. He knew, listen, I'm just telling you the truth as my brother said, but listen, I'm telling you the truth and I'm telling you with authority because I believe the God who gave me the truth. What's in your life you need to believe God for this morning? You got a financial struggle? Believe God! You got some health issues? Believe God! You got some wayward children? Believe God! You got just junk in there and you can't even define what's in there. How many of you sometimes know what I'm talking about right there? I got mm, turmoil, but I don't even know what it is. It's just in there and it's messed up. Believe God. All this morning, friends. There's one thing I can encourage you to do. More than anything else. Every situation, every circumstance, believe God. 
believe God. Believe God. Whatever your need is, this altar is open. Why don't you come, give it to God, and then believe Him for the answers. Whenever you're ready, brother, you 
I'll be up there. I'm married every week. Whenever that is. He's ready to go. Amen. And Dave's ready to become a victory or a member of Victory Way Baptist Church. If you're as excited about that as I am, you sit inside of this party. Amen. Amen. Anybody opposed? Joe, take notes. Turn around. Take notes. Amen. Well, here's what we're going to do then. If you're uh, we'll pray, and I'm going to ask you and me and challenge you and me to be who we need to be. Is by the way, we're all leaders, didn't we learn that? To help him and his walk. And we're going to pray also that Lord would help him to be what we need from him to do. Because you know we're a family, Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And we all need each other. We got to get that place to realize we need each other. And I'm excited about having my brother Dave. So, so I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to invite you up to spend the right hand fellowship with him and and God gives your back, and then, and uh, let's uh, let's just rejoice in the Lord this morning. Father, we do thank you for Brother David this morning. We thank you for the message we've heard, Lord, and yes. uh, just a, a good challenge, Lord, to, for all of us to be a leader and who to lead and what to lead and how to lead. Thank you for the practicalness of that, Lord. And so, Lord, this morning I also want to thank you for Brother Dalton here. He wants to come and uh, join our church family, and that's what we are, Lord. We're just a family. And, and Lord, I pray specifically that. That I would be the pastor that he needs, Lord. That, 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 Lord, each of us would be the brothers and sisters in Christ that we all desperately need to lean on one another and be there for one another, encourage one another, edify one another. Even as Brother preached this morning, sometimes challenge one another when we start going the wrong way. And, Lord, I pray today that he'd be exactly what we need, Lord. That, Lord, he, as part of the family, he's got a role. And, Lord, you find that place of service for him. And, Lord, that you just. Use him in the lives of others around me, Lord. Thank you for the, uh, thank you for my friend. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of being to get to know him. And, and Lord, I look forward now as, as my brother in Christ, but also my uh, my family member here in the local church. And just uh, just bless him, Lord, and help us be what we're supposed to be for each other. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come extend the right hand of fellowship to Brother Dalton, and I'll preach.